passion for sport. This is Cameroon Roars. It's our daily look at what's happening at the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Cameroon. And I'm Steve Vickers. It's day 25 and we have the first of the semi-finals with Burkina Faso playing Senegal in Yaoundé. We'll be looking ahead to the game. Also, we look at how COVID has affected the tournament and how it might continue to be part of football for a while. And with CAF approving the Olembe Stadium to host one of the semi-finals, that's tomorrow's game, and the final of the tournament after last week's stadium tragedy, we look at the safety situation there now. We've had... Um major announcements is a lot of most of the gates will be used the other entrances the other roads that were hitherto shunned by the fans will be used that's coming up later so we're really at the business end now down to the last four Burkina Faso playing Senegal tonight and Cameroon facing Egypt tomorrow in the other of the semi-finals on social media, we've been asking, who are you predicting to win the trophy now? And Suleiman Sonko in the Gambia says it's going to be a repeat of the 2002 final between Cameroon and Senegal. Uh, that was won by Cameroon, picking up a fourth AFCON title. Uh, Senegal still looking for their first. Joshua Chigozi says Burkina Faso will be the winners. Akpo Mitele Hansen in Nigeria predicts Senegal. Uh, so too does Emmanuel Chukudi, who says, yes, Sadio Mane's Senegal take my vote. And we heard from Obed Kipruto Sum in Kenya, uh, not a prediction, but saying that Morocco are regretting not bringing Chelsea's Hakim Ziyech. Yes, as they were knocked out in the quarterfinals by Egypt. And EUA in Nigeria does say that Egypt can go all the way and take it. Well, I'm joined by African football expert Ida Waringa in Nairobi in Kenya. How do you see it going now, Ida? Well, Steve, as Mo Salah wrote on his social media, it's just two more hurdles. And Steve, how some of these teams started this tournament, you know, I honestly wouldn't have figured them to be at this stage. I mean, you look at Senegal, for example, and they only started scoring goals in the round of 16. I mean, they went through the entire group stage and qualified on only one goal. Football can be funny. Fans were already calling for Ali Cisse's head. As for who I'm predicting, well, I mean, Cameroon has been the most consistent of all the teams in the semifinal. Now, highest scoring as well, but as we very well know, that can mean absolutely nothing on the day when they come up against Egypt. But, you know, I can try and visualize it, you know, for Cameroon to win it, win it at home, possibly have the tournament's top scorer. I mean, it really would be quite something for the country. Now, something else that would be it on so many levels would be if Egypt and Senegal meet in the finals. And, of course, for many followers of the English Premier League, you know, they are already predicting this. And we know that it would be shaped around uh, Salah and Mane. As for Burkina Faso, well, Steve, as we've mentioned before, a win would mean a lot considering what the country is going through with the coup. Burkina Faso is a country that does know how it feels to get to an AFCON final, having gotten to the final hurdle. That was back in the 2013 Nations Cup. Actually, if you think about it, all these teams do. In Cameroon and Egypt, for example, we have the five-time and record seven-time winners. And uh, Senegal got to the final just, what, three years ago, you know, only to fall short to Algeria. They won the final again in 2002. 
And we'll surely hope that if they do get to the final this time in Cameroon, that surely third time might be the charm. Yes, is this Senegal's turn? Uh, we shall see. So looking more closely at tonight's game, Ida, uh, Burkina Faso must be respected, no doubt, uh, while Senegal seem to be getting better all the time now at the tournament. Indeed, Steve, but actually I would say the same for Burkina Faso, no? I mean, both teams have really picked up steam, and especially in the latter parts of the competition. Uh, Senegal, in their 3-1 quarterfinal win over Equatorial Guinea, scored as many goals in one game as they had all tournament prior to that. And superb defense anywhere you look at it from the Taranga Lions, having conceded only one goal so far. Steve, the history of these two teams at the final isn't pretty. Burkina Faso were 2013 runners-up, while Senegal lost out in the 2002 and most recently the 2019 final. So this semi-final is their route to possibly conquering Africa for the first time ever. Yes, it's a big one. It's on 19 GMT tonight as Burkina Faso plays Senegal in semi-final number one. This is Cameroon Roars, brought to you by Passion for Sport, the show coming to you every day throughout the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations, online, on radio and on our app. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. And our website is planetsport.tv. In the blog section there, Russ Bravo looks at how ordinary teams can beat the superstars and why some of these smaller teams have punched above their weight in Cameroon with their cohesion and their teamwork and how we are created for community in life as a whole. That's on our website, planetsport.tv, and you click on the blog section at the top on the right. Now today on social media, asking for your thoughts on who do you think are the AFCON players who might be going places. There's been some great talent on display in Cameroon and some of the star players are playing at home or in minor leagues around the world. So which emerging talents at the Nations Cup do you think could attract interest from top English and top European clubs? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Who do you think are the AFCON players who could be going places? Now, the Confederation of African Football has approved the Olembe Stadium to host tomorrow's semi-final between Cameroon and Egypt and also the final of the tournament. This was announced over the weekend by CAF after receiving a report into the tragedy last week where eight fans died in a crush or a stampede at the stadium. A CAF statement says they're confident that the safety and security of spectators will be assured now. Well, I spoke to our man in Yaoundé and GANO and asked, can we indeed be confident now that everything is under control? Well, I, I think, Steve, initially the decision from CAF was to relocate, I think, the quarterfinal fixtures to the Amadou Aijo Stadium in Douala and the semifinal fixture to the Limbo Omnispo Stadium. Now, I do feel that if CAF has rescinded this decision, it is because of the assurances that the Cameroonian government has given them. Um, late last week, the Secretary General at Cameroon's presidency uh, led uh, a cast of government ministers and state officials to the site of the uh, stampede and there are a couple of measures that have been taken. 
uh, I do not feel that CAF would have uh, returned to that stadium if they didn't have assurances with really concrete proof on uh, and a solid blueprint on how this was going to unfold. Already, we, we've we've had um, major announcements. There's a lot of most of the gates will be used. The other entrances, the other roads that were hitherto shunned by the fans will be used. The uh, more entrances, entry points into the stadiums and exit points will be made available. We saw it with the Côte d'Ivoire-Egypt game in Douala as the stadium gates were opened five hours before and traffic was just eased to ensure that fans can get smoothly to the stadium because one of the reasons why uh, uh, there was a stampede is at some point some of the fans that I spoke to survived the stampede said that they spent close to two, three hours getting to the stadium and that's why they got there late. Um, the, you have a patch of measures that, that have been taken in place. The governor of the center region, which is where Yaoundé is found, has also announced that um, previously fans were testing for COVID-19 within the premises of the stadium, but that this won't be done anymore. Um, fans will have to test themselves in health facilities around Yaoundé to ensure that we don't have huge crowds around the entry points of the stadium on game days. I mean, there are a lot and a lot of them. And, and I think, I mean, judging from the reaction uh, of, of CAF's president, Patrice Motsipe, he really wants this tournament to go on smoothly. He wants the competition to pan out in the best of ways. And I do feel that CAF will not have returned to Olimbe if they didn't have the firm conviction, if they didn't have the best of assurances that this stadium will be safe and secure. Yeah, we hope so indeed. I was speaking there to our reporter in Yaoundé, in Chie Eno. So this is the first Africa Cup of Nations being played in the COVID era, and there have been allegations and controversies from the opening game onwards, with teams missing players due to positive tests, and allegations that results have been rigged to favour Cameroon, and with the teams being allowed to bring a squad of 28 instead of 23 players as a COVID contingency. Well, tests have been carried out independently and the tournament regulations state that the team must play a match as long as they have 11 players available. Even if they have no goalkeepers available, they must still fulfil the fixture. And we saw that in the Cameroon-Comoros game where Comoros had to use a defender in goal. Now, Sue Detamb is the Secretary-General of the Southern African football body, Kosafa. She's on duty at the AFCON, and she says that we just have to get used to playing in the COVID era with these challenges and procedures. Absolutely, because, you know, otherwise football uh, sport uh, in general is, you know, will just stagnate. So when you've got a major continental world, really, championship uh, happening right here in Cameroon at the moment, and CAF has taken cognizance of, um, I think, some challenges during uh, the, the club championships with with service providers, i.e., you know, laboratories, and has brought in um, an internationally recognised external laboratory to to be conduct all of the team's tests so so that we can put paid you know to to those negativities you know about uh, laboratory host country laboratory doing doing those so they've done their homework and and paid due diligence in in that respect uh, they've uh, identified um, isolation centers as and when is is necessary but uh, i think the teams are, are kind of taking it on the chin so the, the, the game must go on. You know, it's, it's a whole industry besides just the, the, the players. That's Sue Detam, the Secretary General of the Southern African body, Kasafa. Uh, so, Ida, she says this is how football is for now, uh, that we have to accept it. 
Frankly, Steve, we might just have to because, look, as you've heard, the game has to go on, you know. And uh, when you focus on the Afghan, for example, and there have been so many cases, we were just talking about Senegal. Remember how hard hit their team was, especially in the group stage. You saw what happened with Comoros there. Tunisia hit by at least 12 cases at one point in time, I believe. And we have previously talked about weaponization of COVID, you know, all the way even from the CAF Champions League Confederation Cup seasons. And there were genuine fears, you know, that it was being used in this way. But Steve, if that is indeed the case, and I'm not saying it's not, but if that is the case across the board, because I am looking at this from a holistic, you know, entire perspective, if you will, then how does one explain some of these curious cases? For example, with the Teranga Lions, because there were six players who did not even leave Senegal after testing positive while still in Dakar. That has nothing to do with the testing centers in Af- at the Afcon, sorry. And uh, having those independent testing centers, well, it should have eased the situation. But Steve, as long as there's COVID, then these allegations will continue, at least to me, no matter how well organized, how well structured a situation is. Reports from Cameroon were that to enter the stadiums initially, one had to be one fully vaccinated, have a negative PCR or antigen, depending on the time. Remember, capacity was also capped to certain limits. Now, as Cameroon encouraged more and more people, though, to attend the home games, I don't know if this was still the case. And Steve, there was also a different form of weaponization, though This one wasn't from competitors at the Nations Cup, rather from European clubs, you know, because it definitely was a mix of tactics used, you know, fear of COVID transmission to their players while on a national duty. And it was just around the time when Omicron had come out, many clubs expressing their concerns, you know, on their players traveling in the middle of the variant spreading. But this is where I cue in Ian Wright, (laughs) because it was as if the Euro 2020 hadn't just been played across 11 countries, Steve, with a much, much more dangerous Delta variant going on at its peak at the time. So weaponization as well has been much broader than some people will put it, you know. Well, thanks, Ida. Yes, it looks like it's something that we'll have to get used to. From me, Steve Vickers, and from Ida Waringa, the show's back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and Cameroon Roars is a Passion for Sport production.